precious God, we thank you. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At the right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. May the Holy Spirit himself convict of sin, of righteousness, and of coming judgment. May this your presence bring to us individually and together the blessings that we need in the times in which we live. Without you we can do nothing. We depend absolutely on you. We thank you for your compassion and we know that those who are here and those who are hearing us through other media will be blessed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We thank God for his mercy. We thank God that we are still where we are today. We thank God for the leadership of this place. And we thank God for all who have worked this weekend. And um, the hospitality people must be given our appreciation. We want to praise God for those who have been with us since Friday. We are looking at what others have looked at several times and what you have been looking at in this church and what you will be looking at maybe for quite some time this year as your theme the just shall live by faith and it's only a privilege for us to be around to share a few thoughts also with you amen we started by saying that we should ask the question who are the just? Who are the righteous? The just shall live by faith. Is rendered also the righteous shall live by faith. It's also rendered the righteous shall live by their faithfulness. And we mentioned that the theme is taken from Hebrews 10.38 where actually it is the last place in the Bible that it is mentioned. That this is found four times in the scriptures. Right from this place we have read this morning, Haggai. Our sister read beautifully well, although she left that part in chapter 2. That says the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2 verse 4. And then come down to Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. And then the place we read this morning. In 1 Corinthians. I mean Romans 1. 16 and 17 in particular. Verse 17 there. The just 
shall live by faith. And then finally in Hebrews 10.38. When we ask the question, who are the just? We discover that no one is really righteous. No, not even one. That's the answer from the Bible, not my own answer. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. Then, there is a dilemma. There is a very big problem. If all have sinned, and all have sinned actually, whether we believe it or not, forget about the interpretations of the psychologists, the atheists, and um, all kinds of other things. New age. Sin is sin. Sin is rebellion against God. It's not just ignorance. It's not just man's limitation. Sin is disobedience to the will of God. The revealed will of God. Sin leads to death. And that death is eternal death. In fact, we discover from the Bible that the sinner is already dead while living. Is separated from God. Has no life to begin to live by faith in the first place. Because life must be received from God. Jesus said in one of his great revelations, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, some of these things we touched. And then we discovered, yes, some are righteous. But that righteousness is only by the grace of God. We discovered from the scriptures that it's only Jesus Christ that justifies people. When people realize that there was a man that came, more than a man, perfect man and yet perfect God, a man that was sinless, God incarnate. He came because of you and me. He came because the promise of God right from the first day that man sinned at the Garden of Eden must be fulfilled. Because no word of God shall fall to the ground. The seed of the woman shall crush, destroy the head of the serpent. And so Century after century for that matter. People waited. The prophets prophesied. Until the time of fulfillment. Hallelujah. The time came. And through that blessed Virgin Mary. She was really blessed. The angel said, Hell, Mary. And all the other things there. What has never happened in the history of the world happened. That Emmanuel that was talked about came. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 that I will always talk about. Was part of what the angel now said, not the prophets. Because the moment had come. And he told her that that child that will be born 
will be called Jesus. Because he will save his people from all their sins. That's why it's called Jesus. Savior. That's how we have been looking at this. So, self-righteousness is one of the greatest problems that we have. And it's an aspect of the pride of man. Because man is naturally pride. You want to claim this and claim that. You can do this, you can do that. But as far as getting out of darkness and moving into the kingdom of light is concerned, you cannot do it yourself. There is a way. And only one way. To be reconciled to God. To become a child of God. Activities in the church cannot do that. Your position in the church cannot do that. No amount of ordination or consecration can do that. These things we know. We have repeated that again and again. But unfortunately, many people are still just like the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes and so on. Very religious. They are religious sinners. I pray you will not be among them in the name of Jesus. And so, we emphasized that to that kind of people that are religious, Conducting services in their synagogues and so on. Jesus, with all the love in his heart, was able to look at them in honest confrontation. And say to them, in John chapter 8, verse 21, you will die in your sins. Very hard words. I said that it was not a wish because Jesus cannot wish any, anybody anything bad. It was not a curse because Jesus cannot curse anybody. When he himself was taken up on the cross to be a curse so that he will take away every curse from us. And that's what he has done. So he was not cursing them. But he was making a statement of fact. He was telling them the blunt truth. And as if they were not understanding what he was saying. In the same John chapter 8 verse 24. He repeated that statement two times. Making it a total of three times. That he was talking to them. He said. I have told you that you will die in your sins. And you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am He. The only way not to die in their sins was to believe that the Messiah had come. So I said to all of us gathered here this morning, my prayer for you is that you will not die in your sins. 
you may be very religious. As Paul was very religious. As Cornelius was very religious. The soul of Tarsus was full of zeal. Until he met Jesus on the road of Damascus. He was a brilliant lawyer. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. One of the highest universities if you like in those days. One of the greatest professors. But his academic qualifications. Being a Roman citizen. And everything. Did not matter. He just fell down there. And became blind. To let him know that anyone. Who has not seen that person who is the light of the world. That person is blind. You may think you are seeing. There are many ways in which the Bible has described a sinner. That's why Jesus at a point told those leaders as well. The blind cannot lead the blind. And it's happening today in many places. Because if the blind leads the blind, both of them will fall into a ditch. May God deliver us from such situations in the name of Jesus Christ. So, the righteous is the one who has been justified by Christ because that person honestly and humbly acknowledged that all have sinned and come short of glory. And I am one of those who have sinned. And I cannot help myself. And that's why the Savior came. So let me surrender to him and receive his, and receive his love his mercy. In that classical passage that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whether Yoruba or Igbo, Fulani, Efik, whether from the European country or from among the Hindus, wherever all over the world, whosoever believes in him, will not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful promise. What a wonderful offer that God has given to man. I want to um, finish that aspect of this, um, if you like, Summary of the two days, although many more things were said, by reading from a passage which actually affected my own conversion when I was in secondary school. This passage is a passage that I will always share. It's very well known. And it summarizes again what we are talking about. The just shall live by faith. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. If you don't have your Bibles, you can write that passage down and read. And read again. Sometimes we read too fast that we miss the points. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Because I was in a journey. I did so many things. I was singing in the choir. I was in the youth fellowship. 
I was in so many things. I was brought up in a home where we read the Bible in the morning and read the Bible in the evening. In the family devotion. My father was a lay reader. All kinds of things. But something was still wrong in my life. I know that. I don't need a person to tell me that. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace. He was talking to Christians, you know, the Ephesian Christians. Explaining to them what happened. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own dream. It is the gift of God. It is what? The gift of God. All our righteousness, Isaiah 64 verse 6, are like filthy rags. You know, I see the widows during the Christmas. I have built a house for this person. They are very, very good. I was the person who built that church there. I was the person who did the other one. The good things are good deeds. But if you continue in the good deeds like Cornelius, you will certainly not make heaven. Please understand this. You have to allow Jesus to take control and he comes in by the power of the Holy Spirit. Enough of carnal Christians, superficial Christianity, in fact, religion that is empty religion because it's religion without Christ. The prophets prophesied against that. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and others. And told them, away with these your rituals and sounds of songs and whatever you are doing there. Jumping up and down. And yet there is no life. It's not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Verse 9. Not because of works, lest any man should boast. So, that is the foundation. And from there, we go back to the book of Habakkuk. And uh, I thank God for the link of the prayers we have said, the word of prophecy we have heard. I will just, because the reading has been read, initially they thought that the readings were very long. But the two readings did not even take up to 12 minutes. <laughs> oh yes. Hallelujah. So don't always be frightened by the length of these passages. Don't be frightened. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Dinene soro Jesus na ho ho me mesiage soro Jesus bureze for those who don't understand Igbo it is based on the scripture that says that those who suffer with him that is Jesus Christ they will reign with him amen Dinene soro Jesus na ho ho Hallelujah. Can you clap your hands a bit? Rejoice in the fact that you are a child of God. Don't worry about sufferings in the world. Hallelujah. 
Suro Jesus Naho Memesha Hage Suro Jesus Purese Hallelujah Suro Jesus Naho Memesha Hage Suro Jesus Purese Hallelujah Suro Jesus Naho Hallelujah. So, Jesus, now, Hallelujah. Are you rejoicing? Are you smiling? Rejoice. That is for the kingdom people. Hallelujah. We are victorious. We are overcomers. Hallelujah. Oh yes. We are victorious. We are overcomers. Hallelujah. Jesus now, I get sorrow. Jesus, praise Amen. Yes, because that text you are seeing there actually is in the context of people who are suffering, who are being persecuted, who are being rejected, who are being called names, who are like the outcasts in the society. That is the context. Suffering. And they had to quote that passage for Christians at that time. Because in Habakkuk, where it first appeared, it was God's own response. It was not the words of Habakkuk himself. It was God's response to Habakkuk who saw evil he saw violence. He saw wickedness. He saw trouble. He saw impending doom. He was troubled. He was worried. As a child of God, what is happening? It was a time of moral decline. It was a time that he himself got confused, perplexed. It was like a puzzle to him. Why is it that all these abominations are happening in the land among the Jews? Now it's the southern kingdom for that matter. Because Israel, the northern kingdom, had actually been taken into exile by the Assyrians. And these people did not learn their lesson. They continued in evil. And then he was asking this question. As we learned this morning, where is God? Will God not bring justice? Will God not punish these people? How is God going to react? And then, God made it very clear that sin must be punished. Sin. Those who are there and then they said, oh, this is what I've been doing for 10 years, 15 years. 
30 years, nothing has happened to me. Yes, nothing has happened to you. Because God is patient with you. Waiting for you to see if you repent. But if you die in your sins, it will be terrible. And God said to Habakkuk what he did not expect. He was raising a people that were torture. His own people. People that had entered into covenant with him. That complicated matters for Habakkuk. It was difficult to believe. And then he raised the second question. How can you use people that are more wicked than your own people to punish them? And God gave the second response. That yes, I will use them to punish my people. But after that, I will punish them. Because of their own pride and arrogance and some other things that are said there. Which we are going to look at very briefly. And in all these things, the situation of Judah and the situation of the people, God made this great theological declaration, as we call it. The just shall live by faith. So, in the time like one nation that I know and perhaps you know that country because I won't call it a nation really strictly speaking that country that I know verses 3 to 4 in that Habakkuk if you are still open to the Bible tells us about destruction violence strife contention Lawlessness, lack of justice, wickedness. He said that the wicked people surround the righteous. They surround the righteous. The wicked people as kidnappers, as ritualists. The wicked people that are armed. And some people arm them and disarmed others. Some people arm these people and disarmed others in the country. And so they'll get about. Sacking people in their farms, sacking people in their villages, being on the roads to kidnap people. This is a real problem. There was fear in the land because the wicked surround the righteous. That's what is written there. I like the version that our sister used to read because there he said, The law is paralyzed. Justice is perverted. I know a country where it's not only the executive that is the problem, but the judiciary has been compromised. Is it not frightening? He said the law is paralyzed. I don't know how many of you are lawyers and judges, magistrates, and so on here. But I'm not talking about you. Because they are not the person that paralyzed the law. But the law is paralyzed. And justice is uh, perverted. 
When we begin to pray, don't pray for yourself. It is going to be one of our prayer points. How God can, can, can help us. Because in this passage, he said, there's a promise. He said, I'm going to do a work which even when I do it, it will be difficult for you to believe. I don't know whether you were listening during the reading. But it's here in this passage. Let me show you where it is. Verse 5. Look among the nations and see and wonder and be astounded. For I'm doing a work in your days that you will not believe if told. Can I hear amen? amen. This is God that we are serving. We will come to that. So, God told him that southern kingdom must be punished because sin must be punished. And um, the hidden nation that will be used to punish them will also be punished. It is at this time that this great man of God decided to go to the watchtower. He became a watchman to watch, to look, to listen, to hear, to wait on God, which is very important for everyone at this critical time. And then God said to him, verse 2, Write the vision and make it plain upon tablets, so he may run who receives. For still the vision awaits its time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie or it will not tarry. Just as what you read in Hebrews 10, 38. He said, wait for it. That is in connection with the coming of Jesus. That it will not tarry. Everything that God is saying to comfort the believers, to strengthen the believers, will surely come to pass. Whether it's in our lifetime or in any other time, but it will come to pass. When the church will be raptured, and when the kingdoms of men will become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, that vision, he said, People will run with it. You know, in some versions, it's very difficult to understand what is being said there. But the actual thing there is that, let it be bold. Let it be clear. Let it be understood. So that people will go with it. Just as I understand that you are going out now to reach out to people in the wards and other places. You know, wherever you are as a believer, when you have known the word of God, go and share that word of God in any way that you can. That is part of living by this faith. Evangelism, missions, medical missions, which many of you do, and I know that, um, hospital visitations, whatever profession you are in, you can, through that, make the gospel known. 
make the gospel known. The just shall live by faith. And the enemies of God will eventually be overthrown. Let me quickly mention that because when he says that the wicked have surrounded the righteous. And we think that God does not see. God doesn't know what to do. God knows what to do. He says that he's going to punish the enemies of God. So as we look in that chapter 2, I want us to quickly take note of five things. Five things. Why the enemy, the unbelievers, those who are against the church, destroying churches in some parts of this country, in Eritrea, in Somalia, in Iraq, Iran, and other parts of the world, those who are fighting God, God will deal with them. Chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Behold, he whose soul is not upright, in him shall fall, shall fail. But the righteous shall live by his face. Moreover, wine is treacherous. The arrogant man shall not abide. His greed is as wide as show. Like death, he has never enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his own all peoples. There is the problem of pride that will be judged. There is the problem of greed. This rat race, people are rushing for more and more and more and more. They are never satisfied. Especially our senators, our politicians. These people have houses all over the place. They have a foreign account. They have buildings in foreign countries. And at a point, some of them are exposed. Some of them are still hiding under political parties that cover them up. Some of them are having an arrangement with some people that um, people are doubting how honest are even our security agencies. These things are on papers. There's nothing that is now secret. The media, some of them are courageous enough to expose the corruption in every part, every department, every sector of our society. Pride, greed, wickedness, and even witchcraft. Let me read quickly verses 8 to 12. Verses 8 to 12. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house, to set his nest on high, to be safe from the reach of harm. That is what they think. You know, they're building castles where they're not going to be captured. But now you see. But sometimes when, uh, it's very sad anyway, but when I hear that people went and kidnapped a monarch and sometimes killed them, it's so pathetic. Terrible things are happening in this country. You know, if people can go with all this kind of house they build and some of them have security and capture them, then who is safe? It's unfortunate. So he's talking about some of these people who are still wicked, 
Verse 10. You have devised shame to your house. By cutting off many peoples. You have forfeited your life. Verse 12. Woe to him who builds a town with blood. And founds a city on iniquity. It is... um, this idea of uh, ritual killing that a lot of stories are happening. Some places around Porakot and other places are very notorious. Where you enter the bush, they say they kidnap you. If you don't pay ransom, they will kill the people. Some people know how to go there and bypass. In fact, many years ago, I don't know whether it's still like that. But in the 70s, 80s, even in Ibadah, there are some areas that are known. If you want human parts, you go there and buy. If you're, in a, if you're from Ibadah here or your state, you can see me after. No, people know. But it has spread all over. People ritual killing. People going to buy human parts to do this, to do that. And many times it's not even now for protection or whatever they are doing, but it's for what they call okite. Recently I started to hear about what they call okite. Now they are making money, isn't it? <laughs> the, the, you know, um, before it was called ibuozunasi, ibuozunasi. They use all kinds of things, you know, mbutego, mbutego, and mbutego, mbute, mbute. Nice. Uh, uh, Yahoo Yahoo and Yahoo Plus. So, greed and using blood, human blood, to make all kinds of sacrifices. May God deliver our people in the name of Jesus. But in the midst of this ugly picture, something suddenly crops up. I begin to wonder why. He says in verse 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That is part of our prayer today. In our declaration. It's not God do this for me and do that for me now. When you are, as I said yesterday also, in the atmosphere of miracle, the environment, in the presence of God. When you have entered into the kingdom of God. The blessings of God are for you. Amen. You don't need to be struggling every time. Crying for it. Looking for your enemies here and there. So. If we are in the business of groaning. And praying for the lost. Just don't worry what God will be doing for you. God knows. His thought for you are thought of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Or according to the other version, the expected end. So God cares for you. All these, every time we, are, we come to God with shopping lists. Petitions, petitions, petitions. It doesn't show much of maturity. God wants us, if we know him really, to be about his business. And he will take care of us. Amen. Amen. The earth will be filled. So, let us not only be looking at the bad side of things. Let us see 
what we are called upon to see by faith. The things are already happening and more will happen. And we see also the problem about this, uh, not only um, pride and greed and wickedness of all types and what I may call even witchcraft. Because this idea of blood, the witches are known to suck blood. Any person who is shedding blood is a witch, is a wizard. In whatever way you are shedding blood, you are occultic. You are practicing witchcraft. And that must stop in the name of Jesus Christ. Many people talk of wine. What kind of wine? But people are discovering, even from medical point of view, that alcohol at any stage may not be good for you. Because you can be addicted. You know, when you take something and take something, you don't know when you begin to take more. Anything that will lead to addiction, it's better you cut it off. But not only the addiction aspect of it, there are other things we are told that alcohol may do in your body that is not the best for you. And um, there are non-alcoholic drinks that you can take if it's good for your body. So let's not be making all kinds of arguments about these things. But at any rate, in the scriptures, there are many, many places in the Bible, especially in the Proverbs, that show us that many people who are given to wine, many times are not in their correct senses. They don't know when they begin to misbehave. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 5 says, Moreover, wine is treacherous. I don't know whether they use the word wine there or another thing in your Bible. Did you see wine there? Is it wine that is there? You are not talking. <laughs> Praise God. When you talk of uh, some of these things, it's related to the issue of drug abuse. And these things that we are talking about, all this violence and uh, wickedness, um, are connected with the issue of our own time, ritual killings, rape, the problem of rape. And abominations. When you hear that a man is sleeping with a daughter, and sometimes they are not even they are not even ashamed. You can see photograph of the two people self now. So it's not it's not fake story. They are not ashamed to to appear and be seen in the public. And people will continue to talk rubbish. It's abomination in the land, and that's why they are suffering. There is issue of idolatry. Which we see in verses 18 and 19. Something related to that. Chapter 2, 18 and 19. What profit is an idol? When its maker has shaped it. A metal image. A teacher of lies. I'm reading from the Revised Standard Version. For the workman trusts in his own creation. When he makes dumb idols. Woe to him. Verse 19. 
Who says to a wooden thing, awake? To a dumb stone, arise? Can this give revelation? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver. And there is no breath at all in it. What a pity. But again, we see something beautiful there in verse 20. A contrast. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Because we want to treat other things. I wish that I'm only to dwell in these things. We can do, you know, kind of exposition on that. But I was surprised that um, I think two years ago I went back to my place. And I saw that in our town hall, the hall for the whole town, some people had brought one kind of a shrine just by the side of the town hall. Maybe conniving with the town union or whatever. And I'm sure that the people of the town knows about that. Do you know that because the forest was cleared and is now a marketplace, some people took the town to court that they want another shrine at a K market where shrine used to be. That shrine was destroyed a long time ago. So I don't know, maybe they, they lost the court case and so on and so forth because I wasn't much around. That they went and put a shrine just by the corner of the town hall. And you know now how much great, because one of my children was telling me that in this our town, we didn't, there was nothing like masquerade as they were growing. There was a time that gospel did a lot. Nothing like masquerade again. He said, ah, why are these masquerades now? And it was just uh, last, last December she was telling me this. There's this revival of, of idolatry and not culture. All over. I don't know what's happening in your own area. We are going to rise up as a church and pray that idolatry be destroyed in our land. As long as idolatry is spreading, our children are affected. It is, it is going to bring backwardness. Idolatry has never done good to any group of people. And you see landed people sponsoring masquerades. With due respect to people in the ivory tower. Some of them sponsor these things. Some of the millionaires and billionaires. I don't know whether such people come to this church. Because uh, you know this is a model church. I say with due respect. Because what I see here I don't see in some other places. There are certain things that even if somebody comes here. Even as a priest. And he's not a priest that understands the things of the spirit. The person cannot cope in this place. I'm telling you. The person cannot cope. The person may request transfer. Yes. This is a model church. So people keep it up. Keep it up. Because it's very rare. Idolatry. Somebody told me recently. In fact, he was in the U.S. And they have been pushing him to do other title. 
And um, he, he phoned me and said, what, 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 what's my advice? So I said, well, you pray. Then ask them what and what are involved in this other title. Because it's something that the church has debated at various, uh, even synods and so on and so forth in those days. And at a point in the church, they decided to start knighthood to give some people some sort of, uh, you know, position to discourage them from the type of other title at least they were doing in those days. Some people then said there is the the church other that the one that they can baptize or something, you know. So he said, he said, I didn't want to be going into all those stories. I said. If you have known Christ, pray about it. Because I can tell you here, and if they are on the, on, online, they will hear me that Bishop Okapo is saying it. Some of the people we brought into knighthood when I was a bishop of a diocese, some of them are now dressing like, uh, in fact, they prefer that other kind of thing. Than the knighthood dress. I was surprised to see one of them like that. One day. I don't know the type of also he did. He didn't discuss with me. He didn't uh, at least as his former bishop. I don't condemn anybody. I don't condemn anybody. But make sure. People don't directly or indirectly. Initiate you into what you don't know. You are not a child. So. They said that, that, that to get money, just give them money, just give them money. That's what that chap was telling me. So he actually came into the country. I gave him all kinds of things and said, you make up your mind. But find out what they do before you take that step. Find out from others. And so, to cut that story short, he phoned me a letter and said, the day before um, I was to send money to them, and this money is big money, you know, big money. I had a dream. Something happened. And from that dream, I knew that something dangerous was about to happen. So, he quickly told them that he was not to do it again. He made up his decision. He found out that uh, things were not as they were telling him. So, he did not continue with it. I was so happy. I said, thank God that you discovered and God spoke to you. And we have been praying for you. I said, because we kept praying for him. So he will not say, I told you. Because they will tell you that it's part of culture. Who is that Bishop Okafor to stop this culture? <laughs> so if you are another person here, please, you are my friend. No, I love you. Sincerely. You know, because in those days, even those that were in Oboni, 
As we were speaking and preaching this gospel, some of them were convicted. They came out. If you eventually find that what you did is wrong, you are still alive. So thank God. You can still come out. No person will kill you. It doesn't matter what oath you take there. Once you come out and people pray for you, nothing will happen to you. I want to hear amen to that. But don't say you gave money that you are not there, this and that. Giving money is not enough. Uh, some of us got married at some stages, or at least we took some people for these marriage uh, arrangements. And, you know, in some places they will insist on alcohol, alcohol. If alcohol is not even um, a, a, a problem as such. I know some people that take a little alcohol. It doesn't take any person to hell. I can say this here without uh, any contradiction. Because alcohol will not take you to hell. But if you can avoid it, avoid it. You know? I know in parts of Europe, it's normal to take some, um, you know, little alcoholic drink after their uh, meals. It's normal. I mean, even Pentecostal Christians, very solid Christians, they, they take a little of, of, of this wine. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But, you see, we insisted that we are not going to bring all those beer and all these things. If malt and other non-alcoholic wine is not enough for you people, you can, you can stay with your daughter. <laughs> you know. But we prayed. We prayed. And of course, we are succeeding. We are winning. And we have been winning. And we continue to win. <laughs> Amen. And now many people are seeing that, uh, you know, malt is a very good drink if it's still good for your health at whatever age in which you are, you know. So, all this wine, wine, wine. I don't know why I'm saying that one now, but I'm talking about idolatry and things that go with that. And I gave example of other titles. And um, I, I, I thank God, even in this evil land, you may not know. There are some communities that don't do Ozo anymore. Igbo. And yet you can be a chief among them. Are you hearing me? You don't know? And I'm so happy when I see such communities. That unless you, you do each year, this and that, this and that, you cannot be uh, uh, in Igwe's cabinet. You cannot be uh, uh, this in the, in, in the town. I've seen chiefs that did not take other title, and they are chiefs. I've seen them. I've seen people that said, I will not do this and this. And the, and the community said, they know that they are Christians, very serious Christians. And they said, you are the person we want. One of our friends in the overseas fellowship of Nigerian Christians that I mentioned, OFNC, the former Olu of Wari, in fact, his son is now the new Olu of Wari. Emiko. He was a barrister actually. He studied in England. His people said, and, uh, in fact, he was a, a fiery Christian. And you know, to be an Olu of Warren is not an easy thing. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. But they wanted him, and they knew he was a Christian. And he told them clearly this, 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 this will not be part of my. Enthronement or whatever they call it. And accepted. And he did it. And you know, this is the palace. This is full gospel, um, uh, um, the four square church. 
He was a member of the First Prayer Church. It's not even the church that I'm talking about, but being a real Christian. And they say you have to marry another wife, marry this and that. This. He has only one wife. He said it's only one wife. Hallelujah! This life depends on how you are going to live it for yourself. The just shall live by faith. Must live by faith. I have a few more things to say because I said that, that, that there are five of them or whatever. Sorry. We have seen their pride, that's one. We have seen their greed, that's number two. We have seen their wickedness. And number four, the use of wine and things like that, which relates to drugs, abuse, and um, when people do some of these things, um, they are no, no more ashamed every time they are telling people that their sex step has leaked. They are making money with, 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 with nakedness now all over the place. For those who visit us. Let me just say this. There are some um, things that you don't need in your phone. You don't need them in the first place. Anyway, that's my own thinking. Because if you have an email, if you can use your phone to send messages and receive messages, um, that is text messages, and you have WhatsApp to also receive messages and things like that, and have an email, and you can call and receive call. And uh, maybe on Facebook, you know. Going to some of the other sites and other uh, things may be very dangerous. All this Snapchat, WeChat, Snapchat. Um, well, if you must be in, Insta in Instagram, eh? or something like that, it's up to you. But more terrible things happen in some of those things. You don't need to overload your phone anyway. And um, some other things. If you, if you are really busy, if you are really busy as a Christian, if you, if you are even spending time on prayer, you don't need all those things. Because the messages that come on WhatsApp alone, you have not even finished reading them. <laughs> Talk less of all that is. You know. So please, as Christians, um, my father-in-law, let Mbono Jike said, Bicot all, bicot evils. Amen. Please. I just said that in person. Um, then I mentioned number five, idolatry. So let me quickly begin to see what to say here. It is in the midst of all these problems, moral decline, that Habakkuk was able to receive these messages and revelation of a wonderful glory that shall be revealed. And I want us, as we come to an end of this three-day outreach, to be thinking about this glory that shall be revealed. The glory that is with us already, but the greater glory is coming. The glory of God. The glory that Paul said that the sufferings of the present time are not to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. That is the glory that we touched on 
when we said in chapter 2 verse 14 for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea in chapter 3 of that Habakkuk you see something up in, in verse 3 which is related to what you may call revival and glory you see God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Peran. His glory covered the heavens. And the earth shall be full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from the, his hand. And there he veiled his power. And so on. Some Bible scholars believe. That what is being shown here. Was a glory. Greater than that seen at Mount Sinai. God coming down. The cloud of glory. This is universal theophany. God showing himself in the whole universe. It's amazing. And when he comes, we shall be there with him. Amen. As the Lord said about that glory. Sin must be punished. So when we say the judge shall live by faith. It is a matter of salvation. God's deliverance. So that you will be among the righteous. It's a matter of separation. And sanctification. Separated from sin. And the world as it were. And separated unto God. That is separation. Paul talked about it. Do not be unequally yoked with believers. Do not say that you are being friendly. To such an extent. That you go all the way with them. We will take. Paul's method. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He was all things to all people in order to win them for Christ. Not for them to win him to their own. Which many have done today. So, why my friends we know that I'm not against their also, but they came and took knighthood. I'm not against um, whatever because they are free to decide whatever. They, let them know I'm not happy about it. Let them know it. That's all. If they like. And that's why some of them cut me off. Some of them are still. Now one of them that explained to me. Only one. He's very, very, my very good friend. He still relates with me very well. And I understood what happened. And he explained certain things to me. Which I believe. He's a very strong Christian. He said don't forget this th about these things we wear. You know sometimes when we see some of these things they wear. We think that they are charms. They are not charms. And even if they are charms, they don't charm anybody. But they are not charms. It's just part of the attire. That's what I mean. Even when you see some of these igwes, they put all these things. You know, people used to fear them in those days. Those things are not charms. <laughs> what, what makes you uh, uh, powerful is what you belong. If you belong to, to, to some satanic cult, or if you belong to Christ, and you have the Holy Spirit within you, that's what makes you strong. It's not what you put yourself. For example, all these my things don't make, make any sense. If all these that I'm wearing, 
They don't make me anything. Does that mean? Is that God graciously encountered me one day. That changed my life. Amen. So don't be afraid of what people wear. And how they decorate. And then you may condemn them. Or approve of them. No. Those things are not charms. Yes. The joy shall live by faith. It's a matter of enjoying God. Living with God. As we said yesterday. Living in the word of God. And having communion with him. In the shorter catechism. For those who still know that there is something called catechism. Catechism is mainly a system of teaching people in those days. You know, discipline follow up. He says, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Not just here and now. The, the, the word, what is the chief end of man? Maybe it's an old English. It means, what is the purpose for your living? Why are you living here on earth? The reason why I am living is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. If that is not my purpose, I have missed it. I have missed it. And uh, I believe, I want to believe that you have not missed it. And so, if we shall live by faith, we must remember people like Daniel. Daniel faced the lion's den because of his faith, his decision in life. Not to compromise, not to bow to the prince of this world. Don't look at uh, maybe the king at that time, Nebuchadnezzar or whoever, as the problem. The problem actually is the prince of this world using various people and various things to make us to bow to him. And if Jesus refused to bow to him at the beginning of his ministry, and that Jesus is our Lord and Master, and that Jesus is living in our lives, we will not bow. We must be ready to overcome all the powers of darkness. Look at the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By the way, the young man who has been coming to take us and um, bring things to us, his name is Shadrach. And I want to thank God for him. Shadrach, Mishan, and Abednego. If you know what is a burning fire, and this is furnace heated several times, they were looking at it, and they said, we are not going to bow. God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't deliver us, we will not bow. And actually they entered there. And it was a great testimony. That one who said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. He was there. Hallelujah. At that point, he was there. And it was marvelous. It was a testimony. You can imagine how many people turned from top to bottom, every one of them, to know that their God is the real God. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. I have a book called The Heroes of Faith, written by Patrick Suleo. Those of you who know him. 
one of the brilliant scholars in our Anglican church. He wrote a book, Heroes of Faith. In fact, in that book, every day you will see the stories of martyrs. Present day martyrs. People that suffer even in this country. He recorded some of their names in that book. Died in Plateau State, died in some of these other places, and are still dying today because of Christ. People who saw death and they refused. Some of them at the age of 15. Missionaries died in India, Indonesia, and other places. My friend, the joy shall live by faith doesn't mean just this physical life. It means we have received life, the abundant life. And death, we know, is a gateway to the better life. To, it, to the life that we are going to live with Christ, if you are a Christian. So, he said in this Hebrews, that he came and took our flesh in order to destroy the one who has the power of death, even the devil. So that those who all their lives are afraid of death will no longer fear death. Hebrews 2, 14, I think. After you read it. So, one of the things I want to declare here today, if you are living by faith as a child of God, saved by grace, you will fear death no more. It's natural. You know, it's instinctive. Let us be honest. If somebody comes here and shoots God, that's the way you respond. But when he comes and faces any one of us, say, the problem now is whether you will accept Christ or whether you want to continue to live. But you know what to choose. Because you know that that gun has nothing. In fact, many have died before us. If he kills me now, I know where I'm going. If there's any person you want to pity, you can sympathize with my wife and children. Not myself. <laughs> Amen. But they will not even cry. They will not cry because, well, maybe they will cry as human beings and, 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 and wipe away their tears. When my father died, because he was really a Christian, thank God for him, many years ago, none of us, the children, even the young ones, we did not cry. We did not cry one bit. My mother did not weep. Right from the hospital where he passed away. He died at the age of 88 anyway. But it's not because of the age. But because we knew how he labored for the gospel while he was alive. It would be, it would be nonsense for us to be weeping. weeping. What are we waiting, weeping for? Because already in the community, they saw us as people that didn't know what we were doing. But we knew. Now it has spread all over the place. So, fear... No evil and do not fear death. It's very, very important. I will request that you stand up for one moment before I begin to round up. Because there's another encouragement I want to give you in one of our old songs. That song says, That is, continue in the face. Nogi de no kukwe Ayi ge mwongo Mbogo wanka gebi Ayi ge mwe okongo neniwe Is that alright?
Very simple, very simple. These songs are very simple. Nogi deno kukwe, Nogi deno kukwe, Ayi ke wongo, Bogo wanka kebi, Ayi ke we, Okongo neni, Anabaya bao, Nogi deno kukwe, Nogi deno kukwe, Ayi ke wongo, Bogo wanka kebi, I can wear a gong on any way. One name, Nogi, then a pupe. Oh, Nogi, then a pupe. I can walk on a gong on any way. One name, Nogi, then a pupe. Oh, Nogi, then a pupe. I can walk on. Bago wanka gebi, I can wear Okonon anywhere. Thank you very much. May be seated. God is with us. And I want to mention just three things that sometimes bring doubt. Fear is not only the opposite of faith, as some people think. You know, we talk of faith and fear. There is another enemy of faith, and that enemy is doubt. That enemy is what? Doubt. So, some scholars actually called Habakkuk the doubting Thomas. Because of what was happening in his time, he was in great doubt of God. Doubt. The doubting Thomas. So before the doubting Thomas of the New Testament, there was a doubting Thomas in the Old Testament. Okay? And then we tried to identify three types of doubts. And I want you to listen. There is what we call the if of his will. When you see the word if, that word if sometimes introduces doubt. In Mark chapter 1 verse 40, early in the record of Mark, we see a miracle that happened there. It's about the cleansing of the leper. And the leper came to him, beseeching him, and kneeling, saying to him, you can see the worship there. You know, there's some expression of faith, but even in that faith, something was still obstructing. He said, if you will, you can make me clean. So, you can see this expression of faith and yet, doubt finding its place there. It has hindered many people in prayer, in possessing what God wants them to possess. I don't know what they are trying to see what I'm saying. That thing is, is very subtle there. Very, very, it's a delicate issue. 
somebody was coming to the law, he knelt down. Say, if you will. The only thing I'm doubting now is, is it your will? <laughs> that is the doubt. The if of the his will. The if of his will. That's what I call it. So when it comes to matters of um, things that the Bible has made very clear to us. Like healings and so on. Let us know that it's God's will to heal us. There are reasons why maybe he doesn't heal the way we think he's going to heal. And so on. There are reasons why some people will still die Christians. In the course of one illness or the other. Because God is sovereign. But it is his will to bless us. Amen. It is his will to bless us. I'm a living testimony. God delivered me from a fantastic, incredible, in fact, sickness that has been killing people. But I won't take, give the testimony here. Because that's not why I'm here now. But if you ask Dr. Adi Aneke, he will tell you. I mention him because he's a member of this church. He knows the details of that. There's another one that came and attacked me seriously. Another one when I was a bishop. And because, you know, I went to a consultant surgeon at the teaching hospital in Newe. They had done x-ray, they had done ultrasound and everything. The conclusion was that I had to do surgery. And of course, you know, God heals in many ways. So I came here to, for a second opinion, and it's then telling Reverend Canon Professor Chikaranusiev was the person who introduced me to a consultant surgeon here. We went, a very nice man, they did everything, did everything, and confirmed that it must be surgery. We booked the date, and I was to go back to Oka and then prepare and come. And there was an interception. So I had to come back and apologize to them. I, I think I phoned them. Do you remember what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I just give somebody, because of the people here. What God has done for me, see, what, what I'm trying to say. Um, it's, it's amazing. Who am I? If God can do something for me, I want to draw me into your ears that he will do greater things for you. Yeah. I don't want to embarrass more people because I don't call names will not help us here. But sometimes it's just a little testimony that you will know this God is great. This God is great. I don't know. God is great. God is great. There is something that is happening. Please, I want you to believe God 
for your needs, for your miracles, for your healings. As we begin to pray. That is the if. This God is a God. In Matthew chapter. Well the story of um, Peter. When Jesus was walking. The disciples has gone up. To. To the other side. And there was a storm. There was a storm, and uh, he was walking on the water, and they thought that he was a ghost. It's Matthew that recorded it. And he said to them, when they cried that they saw a ghost in the midst of what they were passing through, Jesus said, no, it's not a ghost. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter said to him, if it is you, tell me to come. Is the if of his person. The other one is the if of his will. Is it your will? The amazing thing is that this is somebody saying Lord. He called him Lord. And then say, if it is you. I don't know what people are following me here. This is important to me. Because you don't know how it's affecting you. You may think you know God. But in certain situations, you still be saying, is it, are you God? Are you the person? Am I sure you are the person I'm seeing? May God deliver us from that if. That doubt. Concerning the person of God. That's why we have to know him more and more. When Peter was trying to finish his first epistle, that was part of his prayer. That you may grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God. And then, there is the if of his power. The if of his what? The if of his will, the if of his person, the if of his power. That you find in that story, after the transfiguration, a man had brought his son to be healed. And then the disciples could not. And so, Jesus came and said, ah, what is happening? In the process of explanation, he told him what happened. And Jesus said, oh, you people of little faith. Then he asked the man again. How long has he been doing? You know, the man said, this is what happens, this is what happens, and sometimes throws him into the fire. This is how he has been suffering. But if you are able to heal him, please do something for us. If you are able, that is what I call the if of his power. If you are able, then Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. The just shall live by faith. All things are possible to him who believes. May God help us to have that faith that has no room for fear that will not entertain doubt so that we can move on in this life which has given to us.
I said something is happening here. The last testimony I want to give because I know how God has helped us in many places over many years, which I will not mention here. But sometimes I talk about what he has done for me so that you yourself will be encouraged. One of the blessings God has given to me in this life is friends of different categories. And among them, medical doctors and top consultants for that matter in nearly every field. As you see me now, some people may be rushing to um, England and USA. Anyway, I don't have money for that. But everything I need is provided for me in this country. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And, uh, you know, people have money. Thank God. If I were to be spending money on medical expenses, I don't know what I would have trained my children. I don't know what I would have trained them. This is part of what God has done for me. Can you clap for Jesus? I must be given testimonies. I don't know whether I will still have my sight today. The venerable professor Ernest Onwasiwe, I must mention him here. But why I'm mentioning him is that I don't think he knows that I started wearing glasses as far back as 1965. Before ever I came to even know him, I've been having eye problem. Before I even got glasses, I was having eye problem before I got the eyeglasses. I was going to eye hospital in Kano. Kano. That's where we are going in those days. Because it started with measles when I was very small. And I don't know what happened to my eyes. And God helped me. And these are people who have helped to maintain these eyes. That I'm still seeing today. And I will continue to see. <laughs> Praise God. You can imagine. And sometimes when they look, they say, no cataract yet. Maybe if it's coming small, it will remain that small. <laughs> you know, all kinds of things. Hallelujah. In Habakkuk, we see revival mentioned. We see the glory mentioned. We see victory for the children of God. And uh, I closed my Bible, but it's a terrible mistake because I'm trying. They told me that um, I'm going to speak for one hour, but because it's a special service, I may take a little more than that. But I don't need to keep all of you because I know you want to go somewhere. But you can't finish Habakkuk without reading the last sentences in that place. And I know there are many Bible scholars here self, that are waiting for me. And when I, when I come down after service, they will, they, will, they will face me. Now, please, Habakkuk chapter 3 from verse 17. If you are a child of God, you must have marked it in your Bible or mark it today. If you are using your tablets or whatever, you know how to highlight those things. Habakkuk chapter 3 from verse 17. Though the fig tree do not blossom, 
no fruit be on the vines. The produce of the olive fell, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like hinds feet. He makes me tread upon high places. God bless those who are saying Amen. Amen. Because there are the people understanding what we are talking. No circumstances can change my decision. Because I have made the right decision. Jesus is all and in all. We are passing through tough times. But two tough times don't last forever. It has a termination date. If it, it doesn't terminate now, when I close my eyes and not close it up, it will terminate with me. So there's nothing to fear. Thank God that the judge shall live by faith. Experiencing the glory that is now and the glory that is to come. And continue to live a life of victory that is meant for us. And no one can steal our joy. Say no matter what happens, I will rejoice in the Lord. Linking up what we are told in Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Do not allow depression to come upon you my dear brother and my dear sister. Fathers in God. Let the joy of the Lord be our strength. It is one of the things that will keep you healthy. And they confessed at the end there. God is my strength. And because of him. I will continue to overcome. Let us pray. You may sit. You may stand. I love my Jesus. My Jesus loves me. No circumstances can change my decision. I love my Jesus. My Jesus loves me. No circumstances can change my decision. I love my Jesus. My Jesus loves me. Oh yes. No circumstances can change my decision. I love my Jesus. My Jesus loves me. No circumstances can change my decision. I love my Jesus. My Jesus loves Statement of faith. Confess it. Confess it. Confess it. I love my Jesus. My Jesus loves me. No circumstances can change my decision. Amen. Let us close our eyes and pray. Please, if you are here, by the grace of God, maybe somebody invited you. And you are very active in the church. You love the things of God. But somehow, you really don't have Christ in you. Somehow, you are still struggling with some sins. You are still struggling. The peace of God is not yet in your heart. 
you know that you have not made God your friend. The Spirit of God is not yet at work in your life, really. It is all flesh. It is all self. Today, the church can pray for you for total liberty, total freedom. You can be set free. This moment, your name can be written in the bank, in the Lamb's Book of Life. Please close your eyes as we are praying. If you are such a person here, I want to tell you clearly that Jesus loves you. That's why he died for you, that you will not die in your sins. Can you raise up your hand? And we want to pray for you. Raise up your hand. Raise up your hand wherever you are. We can pray for you. And the mercy of God shall come upon you. Father, we thank you whether they are here or whether they are hearing us online. As many as are deciding to begin to follow you from today, God have mercy upon them. Deliver them from all their sins. Give them the power to live for you. May they find fellowship in a place where they can be followed up. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, unless you are a bit old or for some reasons you cannot stand up. I want us to stand up and pray for this nation and a few other prayers. We are able to go up and take that country To possess the land from Jordan to the sea Do the giants may be down on our way to hinder God will surely give us victory Victory only move on to the righteous side Move on to the righteous side Move on to the righteous side of God Hallelujah, move on to the righteous side, move on to the righteous side, move on to the righteous side of God. That is where you belong. Begin to make declarations concerning this country. Pray against idolatry. Pray against sexual perversions of all kinds. Pray against this bribery and corruption. Pray against all kinds of wickedness and violence in the country. Begin to pray for better governance, good governance. Our resources should not be siphoned anymore by people who are never satisfied, greedy people. Begin to open your mouth and pray for a better Nigeria. In fact, what we are seeing now is not even a political party that will bring it about. Because in some of these political parties, you still have bad eggs. God will raise a generation of leaders that will turn things around for us in this country. People with integrity. People that fear God. People that know the righteousness of God. People that have burden 
for, for the people as Nehemiah had burden for his people. Pray, pray, pray. That's part of why we are in this church at this time. Oh God, hear us. Oh God, have mercy. Your people will not continue to suffer as Habakkuk cried unto you. And you promised him that revival. You promised him that glory. You said you are in his you are temple. You are in your temple. You have not moved an, an inch. You are with your people. Father, show yourself in our own generation. Do that new thing in our own time. And take all the glory. Yes, we are waiting for that turnaround. We are waiting for that new thing. We are waiting. Your children are crying that you come and save us. Save us from these evil days. Save us. Save our country that is going down the drain. God, for the sake of the poor and the needy. God, for the sake of your church. Hear us. We pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for the word we have spoken here. May it be a blessing to every one of us. Meet us at the points of our knees. I've shared a little bit of my own little testimony of how you have been helping me, especially in the area of health. I pray for all who are here, who are having one challenge or the other, maybe for several years. With you, all things are possible. We thank you again that we are in the environment of a hospital. And we thank you again for all those who are working in this. Because it's a vocation. Our doctors, our nurses, and other medical uh, people, and paramedical people, bless every one of them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As you touch the sick, they will give testimony of your healing, of your deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. Some lack joy because of what they are passing through. Families are aching. They are aching. This devil has stolen some people's joy here. May you restore their joy in the name of Jesus Christ. Give them victory over whatever they are passing through in the name of Jesus Christ. Help them to take irrevocable decision that nothing will make them to look back. Nothing will make them to give up. Nothing will make them to fail because God is their strength. So be it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen.